Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's GEICO. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of GEICO for a long time. And in five, four, three, two, one, I'm out. Napa Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat-worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break 25 bucks? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. By the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Mansion. Yeah, that was pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is Dan Ah, uh, Welcome to the program already in progress. It's hour two. It'll be busy. We'll dive into the Astros scandal and what's going to happen to the Red Sox. Was baseball tough enough on the Astros? It felt like the Astros were tougher on the Astros than Major League Baseball was because the Astros fired their GM and their coach. Should we vacate the title? Jimmy Johnson will join us, Fox Sports, former uh, Dallas Cowboy head coach, now going into the Hall of Fame. And Reggie Miller will join us coming up as well. LSU rolls Clemson 42-25. And Joe Burrow, five touchdown passes. He threw for 60 this year. He accounted for 65 touchdowns, which is also an NCAA record. He ran for five. Uh, Tonight, it'll be James Harden versus Ja Morant, if you have nothing else left to do. Uh, phone calls are always welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. We also talked about college football unveiling its top 100 player, 11 players of all time in the 150 years of college football. The big surprise, there's only one college quarterback in there in the top 11, and I believe he was number 11, and that's Roger Staubach. I have no problem with Roger being in there. I'm just surprised now. You got running backs who were featured in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and it's become a passing game. I I wonder at what point when you redo this list, how many quarterbacks are going to be on that list. I was surprised Tebow wasn't on there. I was surprised O.J. Simpson was not on there. Um, Johnny Manton, you know, the reason why O.J.'s not on that list is they had to invite him. I'm going to guess that's why O.J. wasn't on there, because O.J. was – spectacular you know take the person the person out of this but the football player in college was spectacular uh you know Bo Jackson was Barry Sanders was I don't know how much of this is based off of what you did as a pro feels like there's a little bit of that but I guess it's meant for us to discuss and that's exactly what we're doing you know Red Grange uh all right I mean uh, I, I sort of saw pictures and read stories but 
Dick Butkus was a great player. Um, Gail Stairs was a great player. I, you know, Gail was great, but he played at Kansas. Uh, Dick Butkus was great, but he played at Illinois. Like, they didn't play in big games. You just heard about them. Uh, Gail Sayers, I think, maybe an all-star game was the first time I saw him. And then when he went into the NFL, and then all of a sudden you got a load of just how great he was. But, you know, trying to sort through this. Would Joe, you know, Joe Burrow's season would put him in there, I'm going to guess, for one season. Did Joe Burrow put up the one-season equivalent of Barry Sanders' one season? Do re- Barry Sanders averaged, what, 230 yards? About 230, yeah. 230 yards every game? 2,611 games. I'm just wondering, how many full games did Barry Sanders play that season? Because if you factor that in, you know, Barry could have rushed for probably 2,800 yards. Yes, Ken Newton had a kind of a perfect season. Yes, one he season. Did. He just only had one season, right? So, yeah. kind of like Burrow. So, he's in that conversation. But if you look at the great transfer drafts, if you were looking at quarterbacks here, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, these are all transfers who put up great college seasons. It's not a bad list there. Yeah, McLevin. Well, they were just saying this morning, like, what's LSU going to do now that Joe Burrow's gone? I mean, the. Now the logic is you just get a transfer, right? I don't know who it would be, but that's how you keep it going now. Also, I didn't know that they didn't count bowl games. until When Ron Dane played, um, let me see, bowl games didn't count in official stats when Ron Dane was playing, so he's officially second all-time on the rushing list. Donnell Pumphrey of San Diego State is the all-time leader. When did they start including bowl games? Because... Joe Burrow, because of the bowl game, ended up with more passing touchdowns than Colt Brennan for the all-time single-season list. But I don't know the the first time where they said we're going to include bowl games. We'll talk to Richard Justice, who covers baseball for uh, MLB.com, their national writer. Get his thoughts on just exactly what happened here and the Red Sox in the on-deck circle here. Commissioner was going to come at him pretty hard. Bob Nightingale had that story for you on Friday, great baseball writer with USA Today. He was coming after him and said that uh, baseball was going to probably uh, hand down the toughest punishment that they've ever handed down. I I thought baseball was going to come down even harder on them, believe it or not. And then when uh, the Astros decided they were going to fire the GM and the coach, and I went, the Astros just came down harder on them. Now what do the Red Sox do? Do the Red Sox base what they do? off of what the Astros do. And what's baseball going to do to the Red Sox and Alex Cora, who was maybe the mastermind behind all of this with the Astros and then went to the Boston Red Sox. Richard Justice joining us on the program to discuss. What did you think of the penalty handed out by Major League Baseball, Richard? I sort of agree with you. I thought Jeff Luno was going to get a lifetime ban when you factor in the, the sign stealing plus the behavior in the wake of uh, the assistant GM yelling at the female reporters, which they just handled disgracefully. But everything uh, is connected to every other little thing, and I think the commissioner thought handing down the harshest penalty ever uh, sent a message. You know, after the Apple Watch incident in the Red Sox dugout in 2017, he had told teams, if this happens again, it's going to be really bad. Who blew the whistle? 
<laughs> Mike Byers in the Athletic and Ken Rosenthal and Evan Dreilich, they blew they blew the whistle without some without the journalism. This probably doesn't happen without one player. You know, during the ALCS, AJ Hinch stood up and said, "Hey, come on! If you got something against us, put your name on it." Well, Mike Fires put his name on it. Do you think he'll be blackballed, Fires? You know, I have heard that. There's been a lot of discussion about among the baseball writers and talking to players. Like the guy did reveal secrets, and that's for 125 years been something you didn't do. Uh, so we'll see about that. There are going to be people that probably look at him a different way, but I don't think that should. Uh, I don't think that should influence how people see what the Astros did in any different light. You know, they. They 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 cheated, and and people will say, Dan, you hear people say, well, you have all this technology now; it's too tempting. Look, this was no gray area. They knew what they were doing. Walk me through the system, and give me the part that is the actual cheating. The cheating is using electronics to cheat. You know, uh, you know, guys that you and I both knew, like Tony Gwynn and Frank Robinson, they had this intuitive ability to detect sign stealing. What happened when MLB instituted replay, they put monitors near every dugout so teams could so AJ Hinch could say, Do I need to re, uh, do I need to challenge that call? Well, what Alex Cora and others said, well look, if we've got the signs being relayed by the catcher right here behind our dugout, why don't we study them and come up with the sequencing? And then and look, I heard from an AL West team but this, they've been whispering about this for years. I don't, I don't want to reveal the team, but they may play in Oakland, California. <laughs> and, and, and they heard all the stuff, the banging of the trash cans. Uh, I didn't hear about the whistle, but like a, a one bang for a curveball, two bangs for a changeup, no bang, fastball. And uh, believe me, people in the game go, what difference does that make? It makes all the difference in the world because – the, the pitcher holds the control uh, controlled by the sequencing of the pitch. And if you know the pitch that's coming, it is a huge, huge advantage. So they would they would monitor the signs. They would figure out the signs and then relay it some way by banging in their trash can. Alex Wood of the Dodgers pitched a great game four in 20, the 2017 World Series. Said they first became alerted because the Astros were changing signs in games one and two at Dodger Stadium. And, they, and it was like, oh, they think we're doing it. That means they must be doing it. And so in that game, game four, Alex Wood and uh, and the catcher changed the signs every 12 pitches. The Nationals came into the World Series games in Houston. And we're, actually, if you saw, there were times uh, they, the pitcher took his hat off and looked inside. They had a code for it. Also, I think maybe you noticed, maybe you didn't notice, I don't believe Fox Sports during the World Series showed catchers dropping signs and i think that's a first I, so wow. i there obviously was some suspicion that things were going on and the monitors they had to put mlb had to put hall monitors by the people with the, <laughs> with, with, with with the with the screens and told them in houston be on the alert for signs for whistles for calling a player by a last name first name trash cans all of that stuff would you vacate the title I don't think you can do that. You know, the one thing they did. Um, you can do it. Well, yeah, you can do it. But, look, you don't have to do it. The, the title in so many ways has been vacated. And, Dan, look, I live in Houston. 56 years, this was the city that watched other teams celebrate. And in the wake of Hurricane Harvey 
and how the city rallied around the team and the team rallied around the city and how the joy that that team played with. It was like they, they, you would see people and players looking at the World Series trophy like, keep an eye on that because they're going to take that away and give it to Boston because that's what has always happened in Houston. And now you can say, okay, we cleaned the house in the front office. We're going to start over here. We're going to, we're going to have a new day. But what about the clubhouse? How do you write a story about the Astros now without mentioning it? Because everything you've accomplished comes back to that, whether fair or not, whether any player or their players used it or players didn't use it. And the report says most of the players of the 2017 team did use it. I mean, I think it might have said virtually all the players. So in so many ways, (laughs) the title has been vacated. What's worse, what Pete Rose did or what the Astros did? Um, it's pretty much the same in that, and I think that's why the commissioner came out hard. Because when you went to watch the Reds play when Pete was managing, did he have money bet on that game? Did he not have money bet on that game? Did it impact the way he managed the bullpen in that game? You don't know that, but the suspicion means maybe the game isn't on the up and up. And when you go to a game, I think this is what Rob Manfred was, was focused on, is like you want to make sure both teams are playing by the same rules. We're talking to Richard Justice, MLB.com national writer. Uh, what do the Red Sox do? What does baseball do to the Red Sox? They're going to kill them. I mean, they're going to. It's not going to be any different. You know, Rob Manfred said that this was the most thorough investigation, the investigation of the Astros, the most thorough baseball I've ever done. I think sixty-eight witnesses and eighty thousand emails, something like that. Uh, the Red Sox are going to get the same treatment, and like you, I think you use the word mastermind in terms of Alex Cora, he's going to get hammered. But then what do the Red Sox do? Are there, Will the Red Sox base their punishment off what the Astros did with their man? Is Alex Cora going to get fired? I would think so, but that's that's going to be an ownership call for the Red Sox. But there is that peer pressure now. Look, are, are you going to give your – you're going to let your guy walk when the guys that were this the ground zero of this scandal, uh, they, threw the, they threw the guys out in the street – there certainly is going to be that, and I think the first paragraph of Peter Abraham's during the Boston Globe is so today is something like the Red Sox are going to be under increasing pressure to fire Alex Cora. That <laughs> that's not beating around the bush there. <laughs> but also, you have Carlos Beltran, who, as a player, was involved in this with the Astros. Now he's the manager of the Mets. So can right. you punish him now as a manager? Whereas it feels like the players aren't being punished because that union is so powerful, and baseball may not want to take them on. Or am I reading too much into this? I think the, the, the decision early on was we're going to give the players immunity. We want to know the story. Tell us what happened here. And I think in 17 when Rob Manfred, and I believe he said this in meetings with general managers and managers and sent a memo to all clubs, to the ownership on down, like the people in charge are going to be held accountable. If you start saying, okay, I'm going to do this player and do this player. Well, first of all, you're probably going to end up suspending every player on the 2017 Astros because it appears that, some, they 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 benefited in some way or other. Um, so well, that's a fine distinction. Carlos Beltran was a player on that team. Obviously, you know, he, he was invited. He appears to have been involved. Do you let him skate? I would think, you know, it's just one that he's a rookie manager. He's yeah. two years removed from playing. This is just one more thing he's going to have to answer to. You, you know, you thought you were going to have headaches, Carlos. You got more headaches than you thought you were going to have. How would you feel if you're a Dodger fan or a Yankee fan today? <laughs> well, like Clayton Kershaw said about a month ago when this came out, <laughs> ask him about it, and he goes, well, well, it, 
it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that it, it sucks, and you can't, you know, you can't, you can't replay it. But they're, you know, Bill Plasky wrote today they got to vacate the title and give it to the Dodgers. I don't think that's going to no, happen. No, no, you don't give it to the Dodgers. You can vacate it, but you don't give right. it to the Dodgers. But it, but it does stink because when you go back and look at Game Five, replay Game Five of the World Series, one of the craziest games ever played. There were pitches that were hit in that game. You go, my God, that guy looked like he knew the ball, knew what pitch there was. He was sitting on a breaking ball, which doesn't happen. And so it, it calls into question everything. And if you're the Dodgers, you go, that's not fair. And you know the side story is that Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, and AJ Hinch, I don't know if they're best friends, but they're very, very close. And uh, that's for that's going to make for an odd Christmas card exchange, huh? And it's not over yet because you know, I don't think – I think – Well, I, here's the problem, Dan. It's not going to be over because everything – what if George Springer is hitting 215 on July 1? Aha, that shows you. What if the Astros are 20 and 20? You know, oh, you can't do it fairly. You can't play on this you, – you opened a door that is going to be a long time closing. But then also, if you start out 20 and 5, then people will say – the Astros can say, we didn't need to cheat to be great. They better be twenty and five would be a, a a very good way to turn the page on this thing. You want to turn the page, win one hundred and eight seven games again and win the World Series, and then people will say, "Oh, you come up with something new." <laughs> <laughs> How are you cheating now? Uh, hey, Richard, great to talk to you. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you, Dan. That's Richard Justice, MLB.com national writer. There were times when I would watch the Astros, and probably only the Astros, where it felt like they did, like when you hit a ball, and then you really hit a ball, it feels like you know you know it's coming. And sometimes it's just an educated guess. These are professional hitters. You know, Altuve is a great player. They, they have great players on that team. But there were times when you go, it's almost as if they knew the pitch was coming. And it sounded different. When you know the pitch is coming, instead of guessing where you're just sitting and you're sitting on a pitch there. And I know this is, you know, revisionist history as I look back on this. I just remember they hit balls and it felt like they were on top of it. It wasn't that they guessed that they knew it. Yeah, McLovin. Would the Red Sox also be involved in this and maybe the Yankees too are flirting around this story too? Is it possible this is going to be like the new steroid era? Is it going to take – on that big a – is it going to overshadow this little era of baseball? Um, I, it's not going to have an asterisk by stats. The, the Astros will have – the Houston Astros, they're going to have that there. That's going to be their title. Um, they're not going to be able to run from that and shed that. I think the players, you know, they get a pass here. Even Altuve? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if we'll look back and go, yeah, but did uh, how much help did he get? I, I don't know if we'll do that with him like we did the steroid era where we just lumped everybody together and said everybody's doing it. Yeah, there's some numbers out there and huge jumps on Astros players' stats, like steroid-like jumps. I'd like to see what the analytics people say if they can. You know, and some of these guys are coming up to be free agents, like Carlos Correa. Like, are you going to pay for him or are you going to see what happens? I don't know if he's a free agent now, but there's a lot, there's a lot left. Yeah, it feels like that. But I, I I, just don't know. If you're not going to punish them, you know, baseball couldn't punish all of the steroid users because there were guys who didn't fail a test. 
even though you knew that they were using, they didn't fail a test. You're just going to always have that suspicion. You'll have that question mark, or you'll attach an asterisk by this. Yeah, McLovin. The Hall of Fame, maybe, someday? It could come up in those conversations? If, if the story gets, if, if more details come out, where Altuve said, find out that he knew that this pitch was coming from Clayton Kershaw, and he, you know, was sitting on it and hit a home run. Like, if you get that, that kind of detail, then maybe, but... I don't know. It feels like the Astros are trying to say, we punished, we should have learned, we should have listened, and we had a manager who knew what was going on and didn't stop it completely. And we have a GM who said he wasn't involved, but you're going to be fired. Now, those are tough Those are tough decisions to make, but is a manager worth keeping for a year? You know, the Saints waited for Sean Payton. He got suspended for an entire year, which I didn't think he should have, but that was where his defensive coordinator has Bounty Gate. It's under his watch that Sean Payton was suspended for a year, which I don't think he should have been, but he was. That's what the Astros, you know, were facing. We're gonna we're gonna sit you down for a year. And then are you willing are are you worth waiting to come back? And it, and you know, Bounty Gate part of football is hitting people. This is cheating. But the Saints didn't cheat. They were just going out there. They wanted to hurt you. And in that sport, we sort of accept that. Although you don't want to attach a bounty gate to it. Baseball with systemic cheating where you have modern technology in there, that's different. 21 after the hour, we'll talk to Jimmy Johnson from Fox. He'll uh, talk about the Hall of Fame uh, announcement that he got live on TV. We'll talk to him coming up next. It's 21 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. There are things in life that are okay to cheap out on, but your car battery is not one of them. And that's because you never know what a cheap battery could cost you. Like, uh, say, Paul's going to see the Holy Triumphant Russian concert or reunion show. It's impossible right now. But that's certainly something you wouldn't want to miss because your car won't start. That's why you need Interstate Batteries, America's number one replacement battery. And the brand Autotechs prefer three times more than any other brand. Get a battery test today. Find your closest dealer at interstatebatteries.com. That's interstatebatteries.com. Outrageously dependable. Napa know Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. By the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today. Well, Jimmy Johnson found out he was going into the Hall of Fame live on TV. The NFL and Fox analyst joining us on the program. Jimmy, good morning. Congratulations. I got a feeling Terry Bradshaw is not good at keeping secrets. Uh, Did you get any idea that this was going to happen live on TV? Dan, no, it was a shock to all of us um, because... You know, Terry, none of the guys knew. Our producer knew. He told me later on. But he didn't let any of us know. And 
you know, I, I thought that there was a, a chance that I was going to get in, but I didn't anticipate this happening during halftime. I was, <laughs> my mind was racing. I was all ready to do halftime and talk about the coverage that uh, Seattle had against Green Bay and stuff. And all of a sudden, Dave Baker w- walks out, and I was in shock. You know, and and I think all of our other guys were too. And you know, they were as excited as I was. You know, it, it was really a great moment. And Troy Aikman was in the broadcast booth and uh, over overwhelmed by. I think he cried as much as you did. <laughs> well, you, you know, I, I was put into the College Football Hall of Fame about you know, seven or eight years ago, and, and uh, you know it, that was obviously special because I coached in college for a long time. Uh, but but this this was really something because people don't realize. You know, the Cowboys, Tom Landry's one of the greatest coaches that's it's ever been. But they had three losing seasons in a row, and they were 3-13 and 13 when we went to the Cowboys. I mean, it, it, really, the, the cupboard was bare. <laughs> and, and to take that team from 1-15 to four straight losing seasons and to win back-to-back Super Bowls was quite an accomplishment. You know, and, and I'm not saying for me, I'm talking about – my assistant coaches, you know, the, the North Turners, the Dave Wanstead, the Tony Wise, you know, you know really, you know, the, the guys that, that helped me. And then, and then all the great players that we ended up having, you know, with the Cowboys, it was, it was a, quite an accomplishment. And it, it was nice to be recognized for that. When you first started out with the Cowboys and you went through those lean years, did you ever think that you were in jeopardy of being fired? I Oh, no. I mean, I, first of all, I had a 10-year contract. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, I, I guess we were so naive. Um, you know, we went 3-1 and one in preseason. <laughs> we didn't realize how bad we were. Uh, but, of course, we were trying to win every game at preseason. I, you know, I was a college coach. I didn't know. Uh, I thought you were supposed to win these preseason games. And, uh, and it, we had had so much success. You know, we, we, we only lost like uh, – you know, two regular season games in four years coming from you know, University of Miami. So we were so naive, we were thinking we were just going to walk into the NFL and just start beating everybody. Well, it doesn't work that way, especially when you don't have a lot of talent on your team. And um, and so, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, we were very confident that we were going to win. Uh, I actually told the guys during that 1-15 in 15 year, I took, you know, my my inner circle crew, you know, you know, Wanstead and, you know, Butch Davis and Campo and, you know, Norv and all of them. I said, listen, guys, I said, you know, I told you we're going to win a national championship, you know, when we were together at Oklahoma State and we won that national championship at Miami. I said, hang with me. We're going to win us a Super Bowl eventually. And uh, it eventually happened. What don't I know about the Herschel Walker trade? You know, it would take me 30 minutes to explain it, and nobody really still to this day understands it because everybody thinks that we've got, you know, we got like 15 players out of this thing. <laughs> you know, actually, um, you know, Ernie Corsi was at the Cleveland Browns. I, you know, I was on the phone every day trying to trade anybody I had that those first couple of years because I knew, I knew if it was the old, you know, take the best player available like the NFL did, nobody traded back then. There was no fantasy football. And if we take the best player available, we weren't going to do anything, but we weren't going to turn this thing around because we didn't have enough players. And the only thing I could do is try to make some trades, you know, to build up some draft picks. 
And so I tried to trade uh, Steve Walsh to a bunch of teams. I ended up trading him for a one, two, and a three to uh, New Orleans. But I'd been on the phone with the Minnesota Vikings, with Mike Lynn, trying to trade Steve Walsh. But Ernie Acorsi was with the Cleveland Browns, and he called and he said, what would it take to get Herschel Walker? He's your only Pro Bowl player. And everybody kind of looked at him. He's your only player. And I said, well, you know, it's going to be one of those uh, guy Lombardi, you know, Lombardo, you know, like a one, a two, and a three, and a one, a two, and a three. <laughs> and um, so he called back, and he said, we don't have a one next year, and they da-da-da-da. And so he said, what about this? He said, I said, you know, that may that may work. Uh, he said, well, I'll have Art Modell call you tonight, and we'll finalize this thing. And so I went to Jerry. I said, Jerry, I said, I've got a hell of a trade. And I said, but uh, I think, you know, maybe we can get better, and, you know, we might as well investigate it. I said, you know, Rankin Smith, you know, Herschel's from Georgia. Why don't you call him Atlanta? I'm going to call, you know, a bunch of these other teams. And I called Minnesota to call Mike Lynn. So I went to practice, and then I came out back at practice, and my secretary said, there's a fax on your deal about what Mike Lynn wants to offer for Herschel Walker. And we were so bad, he wanted to give me five players that were cast off for him. One had, you know, bad knee. One was disgruntled. But they were all better than anything we had. You know, and and he said, you know, if you keep these players, you know, the only thing you only pick you get, you get the one first-round pick. That's it. You know, three years from now. Uh, if you keep these players. Uh, and every if, you, if the player doesn't make it or you don't keep this player, you end up getting a pick that's – Corresponds, you know, to his his name. Well, right then and there, I knew I wasn't going to keep any of those players. Uh, I knew I was going to get picks, but I couldn't tell Mike that. So I anticipated down the road um, releasing those players and getting the picks. And then I got to thinking, well, I've got him in a bind. You know, I you know, if I wait until the end of the season, I can negotiate. I'm going to tell him I'm going to cut all these players, so you're not going to get anything. I said, let me keep the players and the picks, and I'll, I'll kick you back a three or, or a seven or something. And so you know, we released one right off the bat. One had a bad attitude. We released him. Uh, we ended up negotiating, and, and none of those players were part of our Super Bowl teams. Uh, but, but we were able to keep three of those players and ended up getting uh, four or five picks. So we ended up about five players out of that deal. But no one really understood the trade and, and how it worked. Uh, and like I said, a lot of people don't understand it to this day. If you don't make that trade. Oh, Dan, that was one trade. Like I said, back then, teams didn't trade. Like, for instance, the New York Giants made one trade in five years. That was with me. Uh, in five years, I made 51 trades. <laughs> and those 51 trades were more than the entire league put together. And that's when I came wow. up with the value chart of, of trading picks for picks because I wanted a, a, a value right there in front of me on draft day and saying, hey, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll swap twos and I'll throw you, you know, my four. Well, they're on the clock. They don't know what the value is. And they say, okay. Well, I had the chart right in front of me, so I knew what the relative value was on this thing. Now every team – in fact, I talked to Ozzy Newsom uh, the other day. He said, hey, I, I use your chart – on uh, the Peters trade uh, with the Rams. Uh, so everybody in the league got the chart. After I had lost all my coaches, 
you know, when Wanstead goes to Chicago and Norv goes to Washington, well, they took the chart with them. <laughs> so, so everybody had the chart. We've got to call but, it the Johnson chart. Oh, well, yeah. That's your legacy. It really uh, is. Well, the, the chart helped me, but but we made you know we made you know trading for Charles Haley probably put us in the Super Bowl. Mm. You know, John uh, uh, John McVay, you know, called and said, "Hey, you know, I've got a great player, but he can't get along with our coaches. You know, would you be interested?" And so I had my coaches call their coaches, my players call their players. Well, what kind of guy is Charles Haley? And they all said, "Hey, he's a great player. He's smart." You know, but, you know, he has a little problem with authority, you know. And I said, you know, if he's smart and he's got passion for the game and he works hard, I can deal with that. So we ended up making the trade, and that was a key for us, you know, getting that pass rush, you know, for our team. You know, and we lose we lose in the my third year, we lose in the playoffs. We beat Chicago, and then we lose to Detroit because we didn't have any defensive backs. Well, the next year I draft uh, Darren Woodson and Kevin Smith you know, to help our defensive backs. And so we, we kind of locked that, and then that's when we had the Haley trade. That put us in a couple of Super Bowls. But we made 51 trades. Like I said, Pete, wow. teams didn't trade back then. He's uh, Jimmy Johnson, now a Hall of Famer, NFL on Fox analyst. Can you clear something up? With your first job, was that at Louisiana Tech, and did you recruit Terry Bradshaw to Louisiana Tech? I watched him play. I remember sitting in the stadium with a coach. The assistant coach that was assigned to him was E.J. Lewis, our secondary coach at Louisiana Tech. That was that was my first coaching job, and I wasn't actively recruiting him, but I watched him play his senior year in, in high school at Woodlawn High School, and so um, that was really my first contact with him. But I really didn't know him and didn't actually recruit him. But I was. Uh, I was with the coach that was involved in recruiting him for Louisiana Tech. Of uh, all the teams this weekend coming up, uh, who do you think has the best uh, chance of pulling off the surprise on the road? Well, I, yeah, I, I think both of them have a shot. You know, the way as Mike Vrabel, you know, has got to be recognized as doing one of the best coaching jobs in the league this year. I mean, making that decision to put Tannehill in there and make a change at quarterback, uh, you know, they are a physical football team and they've got a, you know, they've got a horse back there running the football. And so they can play keep away with you running the football. And Tannehill has played well and they are very efficient. They don't make a lot of mistakes. He comes from the Bill Belichick line. So, you know, he knows how to get it done. Uh, I give them a chance. Uh, as good as Kansas City is and as, as many points as they score, uh, I give them a chance. And and Green Bay got beat, you know, 37-8 to eight out there a few weeks ago against San Francisco. But when you got Aaron Rodgers and you got Aaron Jones that can run the ball and your defense has played great here the last month or so, uh, even though they got beat the last time out there, I, I, I don't discount them. Did you? Uh, I don't know if you still stay in touch with Ed, Ed Orgeron, who was, I think, your defensive yep. line coach. Yep, he was Ed. Or, hey, listen, listen, to this coaching staff. You know, of course, you know, you know, Wanstead and Butch Davis and Campo and and, and those guys. Uh, but my my intern coaches, my young guys coming up, uh, was you know uh, Chuck Pagano, Ed Orgeron, Tommy Tupperville. 
Bill Johnson, who's a, a defensive uh, line coach, I think, with the Saints. Well, he was with the Saints and the Rams. Uh, I mean, yeah, I had some quality coaches. Orgeron did a great job for me. Did you understand what he was saying? I mean, did he have that voice even back then? <laughs> He's got that gravelly voice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love listening to him. <laughs> that's, a, that's a coach's voice there. That, <laughs> you know what, though? He's a you know, great recruiter. He's a great person. He's so sincere. The players love him. The mothers and daddies, when he recruits players, they love him. And he went through tough times now. I mean, there, you can look at his history, and uh, there were some times that he was on the edge. Uh, but he's overcome those things. Yeah. And um, and, and it, just doing a great job at LSU and so proud of him. You know, we've talked a time or two. In fact, I, I texted him uh, this morning how proud I was of him. Well, uh, congrats on the honor. It was uh, wonderful to see. And uh, thank you for telling stories. We always appreciate that, Jimmy. And uh, have fun this weekend. All right, Dan. I certainly appreciate it. That's uh, Jimmy Johnson, Hall of Famer. Take a break. Phone calls coming up. Reggie Miller will join us coming up next hour. We'll update the poll results as well. Back after this. Everybody's got a to-do list. I get one from my wife. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, figure out something to get out of the house so I can relax. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Do you like extra money in your pocket? Do you like not having to drive somewhere to pick something up? This is the way to do it. It just may be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. That's Geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Napa know-how. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? That worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break 25 bucks? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. By the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today. I was also looking at uh, ESPN's 150 greatest college football players. So they did the top 11 last night. Walter Payton's 16th. Come on. Sorry, it's a natural reaction. That's my fault. Uh, Peyton Manning, 21st. See, I don't know what they're basing this on because O.J. Simpson should be in front of Walter Payton. Walter Payton did it at a small college. O.J. Simpson was – he was a big deal. He, he was a big deal as a college running back. Dion, man. See, we didn't know about Jerry Rice. He was Mississippi Valley. I, 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 we're looking at feels like – on what they did as a pro, and that's not fair to the list. 
Jerry Rice, you can say he's the greatest player of all time or in the category. But is he one of the top 30 college players of all time? No, I don't think so. John Elway never went to a bowl game. Back then, though, you didn't have, you know, 42 bowl games. They were an average team, and he was a great player. Marcus Allen was wonderful. Charles Woodson, Eric Dickerson. Tim Tebow is 76th on this list. Vince Young is 81st. Um, Marcus Mariota is 117. Cam Newton, 135. Baker Mayfield, 150. So he, uh, he made... He made the list at number 150. Yes, Paul. There's some names that aren't anywhere near there, but I, I remember watching him thinking, this is the greatest player. Like LeVar Arrington at Penn State was unbelievable. Now, his pro career was good. A little disappointing. But in college, LeVar Arrington was as good as anyone I've ever seen play the position. He's nowhere near the list. Yeah, I, I, it just feels like this is more NFL-related than it should be if you're talking about the top college players. And look, maybe you don't want to put O.J. in that top 11 where he ends up showing up last night, but I I would put him in there. He, he's be a top 15 player all time, in my opinion. And only because we see a lot of running backs who are awesome now, spectacular now. O.J. was different. And there was a gl- ability to glide. And Gail Sears had this too, but we didn't see that until the NFL. But O.J. was a big running back and a fast running back. And all you have to do is look at that video of the Rose Bowl against Ohio State, and you're just seeing something that you hadn't seen before. And I think that's why it stood out. Now, granted, when you see a player when you're younger, it has more of an impact. You know, Pete Maravich was one of my favorite players of all time. You know, was he better than some of the Walt Frazier or Jerry West? Probably not. But growing up, that's who I always looked at and, and admired, his style. A guy who shot a lot and didn't pass and didn't play defense. Of course, I would admire somebody like that. Uh, We were wondering, we had uh, Joe Burrow smoking a cigar after the uh, championship game last night. I just saw this story. um, Mario sent this to me. Cop threatens to arrest LSU players for smoking cigars in the locker room last night. We were wondering about this, if, uh, if you would get fined. Or uh, a police officer told the national champions they couldn't smoke cigars. And, in fact, the officer announced to the players any smoking cigars in the locker room would be subject to arrest. Several players holding stogies laughed at the warning like it was a joke, but the cop was not joking. The officer said, please put those out and uh, roll tight. (laughs) Can't be an LSU guy. Where is this police officer from? I know where he's going. He's going to be transferred. But he can't be from Louisiana, <laughs> right? Is he is he a police officer from, like, Alabama or something? Can we find this out? Maybe. Cigar smoking after a championship seems to be, um, grand, like, grandfathered in, even with the smoking rules these days. Yeah. I'm trying to see if they uh, if we know where this police officer is from. Just smoke your cigar 15 feet away from the doorway, <laughs> then that'll be okay. What if a sign says, no smoking unless you've just won the national yes. title? Yes. And put that all over 
different building. Unless you won a Heisman and you've thrown for 60 touchdown passes and won a national title, you can't smoke a cigar. Therefore, it kind of narrows it down there. They're not used to championship celebrations. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. That's wow. Like, there's no reason to say no, that. No, no. <laughs> Luckily, they're all asleep. Trust me, the LSU fans are not up yet. It's been a while since <laughs> New Orleans has seen something like that. Wow. wow. Uh, some people are saying that Nick Saban, since he uh, endorses Aflac, he wore the same jacket he wears in the Affleck commercial, and maybe he got money from just being on the show with his bright blue Affleck uh, jacket on. Uh, let me see what else. I'm sure Saban saw recruiting benefits. I think he loves the game and knows both teams better than anyone. Uh, comment showed uh, some depth and insight. I think Saban does love to talk football. He doesn't like talking football to the media. Yeah, got a, got a case there. Although he's sitting with the media. I don't know. Uh, let me see. This is from uh, Jim in Oregon. Uh, nice to have players honored at halftime, but to represent Red Grange with his second cousin twice removed is laughable. Yeah, I think social media was saying, where's Red Grange? How dare him not show up? <laughs> How many decades has Red Grange been dead? Would he die like in the 50s or something? Probably. Dick Buckus didn't show up, but I don't know why. Jim Thorpe didn't show up either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That generation... Yeah, I'm seeing now, you know, you look down that list. And once again, I and I'm guilty of this, and I hate doing it. It's where you go, well, that guy should be ahead of that guy, or that guy should be in, and that guy shouldn't be that. You know, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm really shocked that Tim Tebow is 76. Maybe if he had a better pro career, then he would have been a little higher there. But it shouldn't matter. Like, Christian Leitner is one of the great top five, top ten college basketball players of all time. Easy, right? No argument. But if you're going to factor in his pro career, which he had a serviceable pro, a serviceable pro career, but Christian Leitner is probably a top five college player of all time. Yeah, Paul. After the snub, Tebow was seen saying, you'll never see another media member work harder <laughs> the rest of his career to get back on this list than I will. <laughs> Wasn't that after the Mississippi State game? I don't know. It's emblazoned somewhere. Oh, I know. It's on a plaque or somewhere. Reggie Miller will join us coming up. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tip T.I. Harris. Come check me out, man. Join me on my new podcast called Expeditionly. Exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, every week I'm going to be talking to people who move the culture forward, who are shaping and changing the world in their own way. You're going to hear some sh- that will change your life and move the needle in your world. Expeditionly is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, what I need you to do is download and subscribe to Expeditionly with a new episode dropping every Thursday. Do it expeditiously. Napa know-how. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. By the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today.